and welcome to the first episode of Law of the Land. <laughs> <laughs> We're a little bit excited and a little bit nervous, so... Um, a long time in coming. Yeah, yeah, we were actually due to release Law of the Land in April. And then um, something happened, and I then, can't think what. Yeah, something kind of uh, put a complete yeah. stop to that. <laughs> um, so yeah, before we kind of get started on today's story, um, we thought, being as this is the first episode, uh, we better introduce ourselves and, and share with you a little bit of kind of what we hope to bring you with mm. Law of the Land. Um, Stacia and I, we live in Norfolk, very lovely Norfolk, and we've been hosting a podcast called Weird Norfolk for two years. Mm. I can't believe it's been two I know, years. a long time. Um, so obviously, some people, if you've joined us from Weird Norfolk, hello. <laughs> <laughs> hello, Weird Norfolk people. Um, but often while we're researching our stories for Weird Norfolk, um, we come across really, really interesting stories from across the country that we do mention them, but because we don't want to take the focus off Norfolk, we don't really explore them yeah. too much. So we really hope with Laura of the Lamb that we can kind of spend a bit more time on those stories. And... Go a bit further afield. Yeah. Past yeah. the A47 <laughs> and the A11. And the fence. Yeah. <laughs> um, so, yeah, I mean, I would describe, if you haven't listened to Weird Norfolk, um, I would describe our style as light-hearted historical chit-chat. Would you now? Would you? <laughs> I would. Light-hearted historical chit-chat, yeah, with lots of stones Yeah, weird chit-chat. Yeah. It's just, I just kind of like feel I want to say that because we're not really official experts <laughs> in think, any way. I think that's fair to say. I think we know a lot about what we know. Mm. And whether or not that is true yeah. or whether or not we have any authority is a completely different matter. Um, Who needs authority? I know. Yeah. We, but is the, I think the important thing is that we're talking about stuff that we love. We absolutely love it. And and we, we do have a real passion for for weird yeah, stuff. We really I, I was going to say weird shit, but I don't know if we're allowed to swear. I think you just did. Oh, okay. <laughs> um, so... Well, I was actually going to just go over how the format, we're going to actually, each season is going to be broken down into seven yes. episodes and each season is going to have a theme. <laughs> We've got so many theme ideas. So many. <laughs> I just was like, I was walking around during COVID just like mm. having all these like theme <laughs> ideas on my walks. <laughs> it's really good. And um, so the first, we won't spoil the rest of the themes for you. But the first theme for the first season is going to be body parts. Nice. Start as you mean to yeah, go Yeah, well, on. we thought because this is going to be leading up into the spooky season. Yeah. We'd kind of start it a bit grim. Yeah. Although not all of them are grim, but most of them most probably of them are. are quite Sorry. Grim. Yeah. So, yeah, Stacia, do you want to... What's our first so story? So, we are basically, this week, going to be talking about screaming skulls. And in particular, one story, one which is, and I believe you have it written yeah, down nicely. Yeah, so our first story is The Screaming Skull of Burton Agnes Hall. Um, so just for a bit of context, Burton Agnes is in, the estate is in East Yorkshire, and it's probably about six miles from the coast. Um, the hall is an Elizabethan manor house, which was built by Sir Henry Griffith. I always have trouble saying Griffith. It's a proper stunner, isn't it? Yeah. Oh my gosh. It mm. is amazing. Yeah. Like I I looked on their website and looked Hall at some of the of pictures. Dreams. 
with or without Screaming Skull, which yeah, makes it better. Dream, that makes it more of a dream <laughs> for us. Um, it's absolutely stunning. Like, yeah. I just can't. Like, I, I Google Street Viewed and did all the aerial views, and it's just, it's beautiful. There's one room in particular, the King's Room, which mm. has the most beautiful blue bed. The Yeah, it is. It's like it a pastel gorgeous. blue four poster bed and it's yeah. like my dream Chinese bed. room nice yeah. it is it is a proper tree yeah. and you can go can't yeah you? you can go they're, they're open for tours and you can actually go on paranormal mm. um events there um just an interesting element just to, like the age of the house um on the same land and which was owned by the same family there's a Norman manor house which was originally built in 1173 mm. so and the family this kind of estate has been passed down from then to now, all kept in the same family. Some of it's like through marriage. There's so a bit of shenanigans with male heirs. Yeah, there? but so but in you know yeah. it's not actually ever been sold, which I no, think is amazing. Same family since yeah. 1173. Can you believe mm. that's just amazing? Anyway, so now we've got a bit of context. Really beautiful old house, stunning. Would love to go. Skull. Let's go on to the screaming skull <laughs> element. Um, do you want me to read? Yeah, please yeah. do. I feel like I've done all the talking Do you so want far. me to read it then? No, it's fine, I go, don't mind. Go, go. I just don't want people to get sick of hearing my voice. How good though. <laughs> so this is the tale, and it is a little bit long, so bear with me, please. This is the tale as it appears on the website for Burton Agnes Hall. The ghost of Catherine Anne Griffith, who died at Burton Agnes Hall in 1620, is reputed to have haunted the Queen's state bedroom. Anne Griffith was the youngest of three sisters whose portrait hangs in the inner hall. They were the daughters of Sir Henry Griffith who built the hall. The story is that Anne watched the building of the new house and could talk and think of nothing else. It was to be the most beautiful house ever built. When it was almost finished, Anne went one afternoon to visit the St Quintins at Harpham about a mile away but near St John's Well. She was attacked and robbed by ruffians. She brought home to Burton she was brought home to Burton Agnes, but was so badly hurt that she died a few days afterwards. Sometimes delirious, sometimes sensible, she told her sisters that she would never rest unless part of her could remain in our beautiful home as long as it shall last. She made them promise that when she was dead her head sh- should be severed and preserved in the hall forever, and to pacify her, her sisters agreed. However, when Anne died, she was buried in the churchyard. Then the ghost walked and scared the life out of everybody. Remembering Anne's dying words, the sisters took counsel with the vicar and eventually agreed that the grave should be opened. The skull was brought into the house and as long as it was undisturbed, the hall was peaceful and untroubled. Many attempts had been made to get rid of it. Once it was thrown away, another time it was buried in the garden, but always the ghost walked with tremendous noise and upheaval. The skull was still in the hall, in the house, built into one of the old walls, probably in the Great Hall. Nobody knows for sure where it is now, she, but she can watch over her beautiful home. Does she scream, though, Shifra? Well, I think that we were slightly mistold with the uh, headline on this story. Yeah. Because it's actually the skull doesn't actually scream in fact there isn't actually that much reference to screaming at all in any of these skulls no i think that is a little bit of victorian embroidery isn't it along the way and that's when these legends became particularly 
popular, isn't it, in yeah. the Victorian times? Yeah. And I, I, I can imagine... I don't know. In my head, when I ever when I was a kid and heard stories about screaming skulls, it was literally the skull like floating and, and screaming coming towards at you. people yeah. and chasing you. Yeah. And then when you start reading them, they're all just sitting there. And I mean, it is still scary. It's, it's not really the it's not really the skull that is being the ghost, is it? Is the so you remove the skull mm. and then all hell breaks loose. Yeah. But it's not actually a skull kind of... There are ghost skulls in other parts of the country. So I think there's King Charles's severed head somewhere mm. or other. I did note it down. But yeah, the severed head of King Charles at Billingham Manor in the, on the Isle of Wight and the Catholic martyr George Haydock in Lancashire. That is when you're being chased by an actual skull. Which is terrifying. Which is terrifying, absolutely. And they do scream. Yeah. But these ones, it's more about what happens if, if you... If you move, remove yeah. it. And that kind of... <laughs> I find the attachment element of these sorts of hauntings really interesting because, yeah, the, while the skull is placed or whatever the object is placed, nothing happens. It's only when they're moved that the, the kind of the spirit becomes angry. Mm. And it's like, how are they still attached to it? To how that, do they know when it's moved? To that property. Well, I suppose because they're looking over their property, aren't well, they? Well, you can see why somebody would... <laughs> It's hard because some in Norfolk we have Dame Armin's carpet mm. and that's an object which she specified if it was ever removed from the hall she would be furious and it was removed from the hall and, and she, she was, was furious. And, you know, that's a beloved object. Skulls are even more than a beloved object. They well, were actually part of the someone. fabric so of you, isn't you it? You can and... see why people are so attached to they are we're physically attached to them. <laughs> physically attached to them. I think it's that they are looking over. It's a protector, mm. isn't it? The guardian skull idea of this skull. It's not just keep my carpet in the house and, you know, if you remove it, then I'll be really knocked. Mm. This is, I am actually physically there and I'm watching you, mm. isn't it? Yeah. And, and it's, a, and it's a, like a physical reminder of the person that it wants, that that skull wants belonged to, isn't it? So... Mm. Particularly, particularly prevalent up north, mm. this. I mean, this is something where not only are these screaming skulls far more prevalent up north and Cumbria, uh, Derbyshire, Yorkshire, those kind of areas, Lancashire, but also that is carried into stone skulls, which mm-hmm. are also found far more, and, and at wells. Mm-hmm. And uh, I mean, they are a hugely potent... Thing. they're kind mm. of seen as either a protector or a curse yeah One so, so you looked more into the skull side of things than I did I looked more into the actual story and with the stories about skulls you found were they similar to this one where the so obviously Anne had said I want my head removed I would like my head removed after death. I know, but, we've talked about this. Yeah, we'll go weirdly, back to that. we have talked about this. That's so strange. Was it not based on this? No. That's I so hadn't, strange. Like... That's a bit hexam head. Oh, uh, yeah. Blimey. Um, I assumed it was because you'd been doing the research no, for this. because that thinking... was before I'd started the research. Yeah. We'll talk about that later, because I've got questions about that. Um, now. So... They're did all they, the same. Did they, they're all like, I want my head Pretty to, much to be or... in this place because I love it, or because I want to protect... Half and half. So there are... There's a chap who I owe a great debt to who's called David Clark, 
who wrote an unbelievably detailed thesis for his doctorate in philosophy um, for University of Sheffield, I believe. Um, and he has written all about the kind of cult of the, the severed head mm-hmm. and about stone heads and about screaming skulls. I mean, literally, the man is a, an absolute... He's, the, he's my go-to for screaming skulls <laughs> from now on. And then he, he has documented 32 of these in the mm-hmm. UK. Um, nearly all, uh, almost all in England, mm-hmm. I think a couple it's in crazy, Wales. crazy, isn't it? Um, there are cases elsewhere. There are cases in North America where settlers went over mm-hmm. and took their legends with them. And he kind of points out that this is a really unusual piece of folklore in that, in some cases, the evidence exists. So, you know, with a normal, a normal inverted commas folklore story, you're basing it on hearsay, you're basing mm-hmm. it on spoken word. This, there are skulls that you can yeah. go and see. They're actually still physically yeah, there. Yeah, not many. You're probably talking about nine or ten. Well, that's mm-hmm. not bad, is it? Yeah, no, that's um, not bad going. And some of them are built into buildings like mm-hmm. Bert, Barton Agnes that's said to be um, bricked into a wall mm. although they don't know where it is no um, and, if and I own that house that's the first thing I would be you'd finding out you'd thermal imaging wouldn't you you'd be going through it. Uh, you could like knock on the I know are you there um, yeah and, and, and others have pointed out that this is actually a really easy theory that can be tested mm. which is that you know, of those skulls that are still available to be moved, move them and see what happens. Mm. But if that was me, I wouldn't let my skull be moved, would you? I no. mean, you would... One of the interesting things about this, but the Burton Agnes one, is although the skull is said to still be in the house, the house is also haunt- meant to be haunted, still haunted by Anne. So that kind of theory of if the skull's moved, although she doesn't wander around making a massive palaver... She's still restless, and you would think, in theory, if the skull is in the house, that she would be at mm. rest. So are you doubting that the skull is in the house? No, I, I think uh, my doubts lay in whether the spirit that's seen is actually connected to the skull, whether they're two different things. Or whether she is her. Well, that's mm. something I did look into with the story... Um, it's, there's so many different versions of this story, and it's it's weird because they're all the very basics of the story are the same. Yeah. But there's like slight little differences, and so obviously, it's a really interesting look at how a story, a folklore tale, because I would say this is folklore. Yeah. Um. It's an interesting look at how the folklore story develops over time, and to me, one of the elements of one of the slightly different stories to the one I read that I really liked is when they went to dig her back up, the skull, the head was already severed. The rest of her body was perfect and the skull was like a skull. So it all, somehow between, like in the grave, her head had it's become... Like your avatar. Yeah, yes. <laughs> her head had become severed. And, yeah. uh, so that's a really interesting little thing. And, and like I said, they all pretty much say the same thing. But... One of the books I found, which was sounds like a, I just wish I could get my hands on this book, and I I would do if I had 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 more time before I we were doing the recording, was a book called I'm going to say this wrong, Caval, Calvary Disjecta, the many hauntings of Burton Agnes Hall, which was put together by artist Robert Williams with contributions from various people, and that this book does exactly that it. It looks at every single account of this story 
from when it was first written down, it, well, there's a reference to it in the folklore journal in the 1800s, from there through till now, and how all those stories have slightly changed. It's changed. How much has it changed? <laughs> well, the, one of the things that's really interesting, the, the reviewer of this book points out his frustration that a lot of sources just regurgitate the same story over and over again without checking. So in some ways, the story's been told a lot, but it may have been told, like, incorrectly a lot because Mm. people are just copying and pasting what the person before said without actually going back to the source material and and actually checking it. Mm -hmm. And one of the things that if you do go back and check it and look for these people who are mentioned, you'll find out that Catherine Atten Griffiths doesn't seem to have ever existed in this form. Catherine, at, Catherine Griffiths was actually Sir Henry who built the house's mother. Right. So it doesn't... And Sir Henry only had one daughter. So that's like from Family Tree. So that is fact. So, But, but could it not be... Would that not make more sense that it was... That that well, she, wrong and that it was his mother and that she wanted to see her son's creation? That's a possibility, because it seemed this, but she, this whole I kind think of... she died before the house was ever... So she would never have but been not, to the house. But she would Unless it was her skull. Would she not even have known of the plans for it? She probably would have known of the plans. So she'd have known how incredible it would be. Yeah. And she would not have got see, to see it. See, that's actually a really interesting point. Because I was, trying to, I was wondering where they will have got the name Catherine Anne Griffiths. And if you can just imagine the Victorian times, this skull, they bloody loved it. Yeah. <laughs> and like a seance yeah. around like this skull in this like opulent house. Yeah. Sorry, I'm thinking of drag race, but they're like opulent. Uh, <laughs> it, it, it's, but you yeah, know, it's I, made. You for... can just see the seance yeah. around the skull, and someone in Victorian times has picked up on this name, Catherine Griffiths. Yeah, I suppose it wasn't Mary. Yeah, yeah. Is there a Mary in the room? But, so that could be where they got the name yeah. from. They were actually picking up on her spirit and associated it with the skull. It just seemed to me, much as um, I like interiors, and God knows I do, um, that she would be that obsessed with seeing this house seems far less likely than that if your beloved offspring had planned something mm. and was passionate about it and was going to bring it yeah. to fruition, it just seems far more likely mm. that you would be much more desperate to be yeah. part of that yeah. than if it was just, oh, you know, a new build, yeah. basically, which is what it was. Yeah, yeah. You know, a nice new build. But yeah. frankly, you know, I mean, I just think it makes a little bit more sense that it's his mother. Yeah, than the daughter. And, and somebody who hasn't seen it. Yeah. So therefore, it makes a lot of sense. The story that I've read is that it was being built, it was nearly finished, mm. and she wanted to see it finished. Well, mm. she pretty much knew what it was going to be like, didn't yeah. she? Yeah. Whereas dear old mum... Would never have seen would it. Would never have seen it. And then it. that would make sense with and the name. And I can tell you, as a control freak mother, I would want to be there, mm. you know? In yeah. fact, I might That's suggest... That's actually a really nice idea that... Yeah, that she she's sticks about. Because like, one of the, the... This story of it being three sisters kind of developed from there was a a painting of three unnamed sisters and there was this assumption that they were his daughters and you can imagine like people who visit the house and the servants who worked there like wanting to create this like tale about this skull and there's these three unnamed sisters and so it seems to all tie in very nicely and one of them unfortunately passed away before her time and didn't want to leave the house and 
But again, crumbs of truth will be in there. So, you know, you don't just elaborate a story involving a skull being, being put into the house. It also makes far more sense that that skull is incorporated into the house as it's being built. Mm. Because if you turn up now, as you may, dead, with your skull, you know, and say I get a package at the door and it's a bit like seven, but (laughs) I know it's coming. And then, you know, and I have to incorporate your head into my house. Mm. It's a bit of a hassle, Mm. not turning it down, but I'm saying... I'd have to build a niche for you. Mm. Um, whereas, it wouldn't be that hard to build a niche, will, though, would it? I've got one there. I've got, like, a serving hatch. That's but where I that's think, where like, if you've you. got enough money to, like, build this house, not this house, yeah, but I, the, the house we're talking I about. I take your point, but I just think it makes far more sense. If you look at Barton Agnes Hall, there seems a really obvious place this would be to me, and that's the Grand Hall mm. behind that panelling. That's where you'd put mum yeah. or your sister or whoever, isn't yeah. it? You'd put her there. Um, because do you not think the school was ever on display then? I don't think it was. So no, I think it was. No, I I just I don't... think I feel like the story spread because people saw it, and you know visitors to the school to the house saw the skull, and it was a bit of a like a curiosity. I, I think and... it would have been out of the way if mm. if that was the case. I think it would have been. I think they were incredibly well off. I don't think they would have wanted to be associated with that kind of, let's say it, apo- oh, for God's sake. Apo- 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 oh, my God. Apo- Why can't apo- we apo- say it? Apotropaic. Apo- <gasps> Why are we even in this job I that we know. can't say the word, the markings and the things left We want to give it, we want to sound intelligent. And we can't say the word. We've never have been word. able to. And we know it. <laughs> And we've written about it and we can't say it, so don't judge us. Anyway, I don't think they'd have wanted those marks or those signs in their house. So I think if it was, when you look at most of these other stories, it would have been in a niche upstairs mm. or out of the way. Um, so Unless, the only thing I can think is if, for, just say it wasn't, say it's a random, say it's not his mother's skull and it's not fabled sister's skull it's just yeah. a random skull what if it came into the because i think the guy in the victorian times um let me just get his name um i've got it written down here hang on just bear with me so henry <laughs> boynton yeah who it said he was the one who put it behind the paneling in um the early 19th century he collected like taxidermy and stuff so what if the skull actually came into the house a lot later on when, like, during Victorian times when it was more... People, were, you know, liked having things like that on yeah. display and... In which case, and I think there are several cases of this in some of the others I've looked at, where, where in a similar way, a folkloric story has has grown up about you know some murder victim or somebody who had a you know all these stories are basically somebody being killed or somebody suffering great injustice there's one which is about um an african slave um who they say died and asked to be repatriated to his home country wasn't and and when you they actually carbon dated the skull, the skull was 2,000, 3,000 years oh, old. Oh, wow. And it was actually from a burial fort um, or a burial man nearby. And so I think possibly some of those stories have been a, a, a bit like... 
you know, but we talk about it in uh, with Weird Norfolk when we have glacial erratics in a in a soft county like Norfolk mm-hmm. that doesn't have big stones, and we say they had to come up with something. Yeah. To, so you have a skull come into the house. You're not going to assume that it's thousands and thousands of years old. You're going to no. assume it's a murder victim yeah. from from last week. Yeah. You know, when in fact, when you look at these things scientifically, yeah. probably some of them were actually, you know, dug up from burial mounds yeah, and quite brought easy. in. Yeah. yeah. I mean, this story, the first record of this story is 1883. So for this to have happened in the 1600s. Yeah. And only to be recorded in Victorian times when this kind of thing was when this popular. was very popular yeah I mean the how the, the skull could have been there for a long time but I in don't know the skulls in the skulls defense um this is not the only screaming skull by any means this mm. is this is a story that but in if you were prosecuting you would say that most of these stories are from that time mm. I say, what's the, when in your were, research what was the earliest the one earliest one across? was the earliest one that i could actually record as in go back and look and find some form of evidence about 1790 mm, so it's not really i know that's old but it's not really that old no and and some of these stories but but reference the 1600s mm but nothing actually written Mm. or recorded since 1790. And you're beginning to kind of go into that air of melancholy Mm. that then becomes the Victorian period where there was an obsession with memento mori, Mm. there was an obsession with death, with images of death, with that kind of, that thought about the protective qualities of the head. And that, that was something I looked at, that the head... You know, we we would probably only need to walk for about I don't know five hundred yards to the nearest church, and we would see that head cult everywhere. Yeah. You see it at gates, you see it at wells, you see it at bridges, you see it everywhere. And it's it's an ancient kind of going back to the Celts. It's a symbol of protection mm-hmm. and of repelling witchcraft, evil spirits, and curses. Yeah. So it kind of stands to reason that if you find a skull or a skull comes to you, you don't immediately get rid of it. You see it as... I think that the use of skulls in protection against witchcraft, I've not come across... I've come across horse skulls. Yes. And, and Brian Hoggard talks about that quite a lot. And he's like a really interesting guy to look into if you're into this sort of thing. Horse skulls are used... Yeah. Not a lot, but... Like, but I, I don't think... The Romans used them, didn't they? they Which they horse were skulls or real skulls? Real skulls, so particularly revoltingly infants. Mm. So they would sacrifice and and bury them at on temples. Oh, wow. and, and mm. So I think, I think the heads... I suppose in real terms it's harder to come about. Mm. Uh, and I wonder if part of this, I want my head to be there as an excuse for having a mm. head. Because there aren't many people apart from us... That would think it was a reasonable thing to do to mm. sever a head and keep it. Yeah. So it's also a handy kind yeah. of. Yeah. Oh, it was their last oh, they wish. For they, this, did, they did want this. You know. Um, and uh, then even if you've just like picked the skull up randomly, you can be like, yeah. "Oh yes, it was my great 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 yeah. great." And, and they said so. that that was the last thing they wanted. Yeah. That and a lemonade, and that was it. But yeah, so I kind of wonder if 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 a skull comes to your house somehow, however that might be, it might have been dug up while somebody was 
excavating for your summer house it might Mm. have been found then I don't know it's difficult to to you you wouldn't want to kind of just throw it away would you really and in all cases when people got freaked out by these skulls if they did try and get rid of them you know bad things Mm. happened it's almost like you've picked it up so now you're responsible for it yeah, and and also it, it, this feeling that the skull has asked to stay mm. and is a guardian of that house and everything is fine until you move mm. that. And I think we have an amazing one of these in Norfolk um, that we've talked about. Not a human skull, sadly, but we had Gosh, the... I think we haven't talked about no, skulls we have, before. No, we had the, the cursed goat's head, didn't we? Yes. Which, Actually, which is a, which is a skull, Which is almost exactly the same premise as the screaming skull. I hadn't skull, thought about that, Although yeah. slightly more terrifying. Yeah. So in Norfolk, we have um, a, an astonishing story that if nothing else sends you to Weird Norfolk to find this, that the, will... The goat's head of Strumpshaw. The, the cursed then. goat's head of Strumpshaw. And it was a goat that had been... Um, it's an awful story, really, yeah. isn't it? A nice goat came to a pub in the 50s, was it? Or earlier than no, that? No, it was earlier than that, because it stayed in the pub, and yeah. then it all kicked off in the 50s. And the landlady really liked it, so she had it killed, as you yeah. do, and um, stuffed. And it was behind the bar, where it went a horrible shade of yellow in the in the in smoke. In the smoke, yeah. They had to give and, it a wash once a year, didn't they? Yeah, and when somebody decided they didn't like it anymore, they got rid of it, and it, it just kept coming back. And it, but it also caused this paranormal activity, like a yeah. massive spike in paranormal yeah. activity, didn't it? But even then, when it came back, didn't it? Which makes me wonder if that's got something to do with Burton Agnes, which is basically one strike and you're out. Mm. Okay, yes... You can put the skull back, yeah. and that happened with a goat's head at Strumpshaw mm. that it was taken away. Bad stuff happened. People died. Someone died. Yeah. Animals died. Mm. Awful things happened. They put it back. It got a bit better, but it, but, it, but still, it still happened. happened. And this is what's happened with Bert yeah. They they tried to get rid of it, and the ghost has gone. Well, you've done it now. So she settled yeah. down a bit. But actually, well, I suppose she's... you'd be on your guard, wouldn't you? By yeah. that stage, you'd never know, do you? I suppose. I suppose it's sacrilegious, isn't it, to to remove a a, mm. a a skull when it's asked to stay there. You know, you're not going to forget that, no, are you? No. So I wonder if it's something to do with that. Really, that first mistake is is mm. a really bad one. It's just going on to like the haunting of the actual place. I actually couldn't find any contemporary hauntings. I don't know if you could for this hall. No. Like so, no. it's interesting. So the hall offer paranormal, and I would like yeah. be well on that if I yes, get, please. if we can ever go travelling around the country again. Ever. <laughs> we are on it. We are garden. going there. Yeah. Um, but I, I couldn't. I did Google paranormal investigations there, and there wasn't anything that happened. So unless it's just a very recent thing that they're offering, and so no one's actually had. I the quite like yet. the fact they are they are owning this ghost. Oh yeah, it's like you know, it's like on their website. Yeah. with the ghost. Mm, I quite like that. Um, that they are actually uh, open mm. to it. Cause, so the current owner as well, he did an interview with the Leeds Post, I think it was, and he said there's a letter in existence which says like, where the skull is. So I wonder if they actually do know where the skull is. I thought the haunty had been in the Queen's room. Yeah, it was, yeah. Wasn't it? Yeah. So, I mean, presumably you'd think it might be there that she's mm. that Could she's, that she's been a... interred. Yeah. It does definitely. I was just thinking, people often bury things under floorboards as well, don't they? But this, it does specifically say it's in a wall, in a wall somewhere. Yeah, 
I mean, I suppose we kind of think of the idea of having a human skull. I mean, obviously we think it's great, but it, we, you think of it as being unusual. But mm. of course, there were saints' relics for yeah. absolutely centuries, mm. and nobody had even a second thought about touching those, no. about holding them. In fact, they were venerated, weren't they? Mm-hmm. So this idea that skulls are terrifying and skulls are awful... I mean, I was reading there was one case, I think it's in Ireland, where a saint was, or a a man, because I take it he wasn't a saint before he died, uh, died, was buried, he was then disinterred, and his skull was a a spring sprung where (laughs) he was buried. And in order for the water from that spring to be potent, you had to drink it from his skull. And that continued and for a very long time. Mm. We're talking that ending probably within the last 150 years. Mm. So that it wasn't so much of a strange thing for skulls, relics, bones to be mm. revered and yeah. for you to respect them, which is why it's strange that you would then, you know, a lot of these stories have an element of a maid taking against yeah. them and throwing it out of well, the window onto a manure yeah, cart yeah. and, you know, and then that cart breaking. And... Yeah, that's exactly what happens with this one. Yeah, she, and she, that she happens... puts it in... Yeah, that um, happens in two cart. other of these stories. Do, do you think it's the same stories regurgitated, like, so different? In some cases. I mean, some of, some of these stories are, are very different. You know, they are they are different, and but not very different. Mm. You know, they they have the same kind of element of mm. an, a, of a death that was unexpected, unjust or violent. Um, a, a dying wish, which again seems quite unlikely that you wanted to mm. stay. Either that or the act of severing your head was how you died and mm. that the head being then taken as well was disrespectful. Mm. So it's either one or the other. It's either it's disrespectful to have the head and that's why it's angry Mm. or they ask to be there and being moved Mm. is what makes them angry but yeah most of those stories are very very similar and of the same time and Mm. just the mere name screaming skull just that's exactly the kind of thing i'd have come up with because it's alliterative isn't it and it's if you're a writer that's the kind of thing and the fact that they don't actually scream no, they don't, apart from in the film. Have you yeah. seen any of either of the films? I, do you know what? I think oh I have God, seen one. It's really bad. Yeah, and I think I was like, oh. Yeah. Really, really bad. I think one of them involves a second marriage. Yeah. And he's obviously offed number one who pops yeah. up screaming. Is, yeah. Yeah, to me, this seems like Victorian guy who collects taxidermy gets a school. On that note, did you know that he gave his collection to the Hull Museum of oh. Birds and then the whole lot was bombed in 1942? Oh. Yeah. Mm-hmm. That's sad. So he lost the entire Victorian taxidermy collection which had been lent to Hull Museum. Oh, that's a shame. I know. Can you imagine how good it was? He particularly liked birds. He had mm. loads of birds of paradise and... Oh, the waste. <laughs> I tell but, you. But, yeah, and, and so basically, you know, there was... Either he had it on display and some visitors kind of started sharing that story because that's one they'd heard from other places or he attached the story to it because it's mm. like a novelty kind of object. Mm. But I have no doubts that the hall is haunted. Because it looks like it would be, it would, it? it? like 100% looks like it would be. Yeah, it really does. I mean, there are skulls, these screaming skulls are all across the country. 
particularly yeah in the north and in Cornwall. Mm. Astonished we haven't got a human one here. We've got William Corder, um, the Red Barn murder. Oh, Suffolk. His yeah, but still yeah, near. near I think I, I I particularly I picked Screaming Skulls for the first one as well because as a child I found them quite fascinating. I had um, a book called The Unexplained, yeah, um, which was like one of them things that like fascinated and terrified me. Yeah. In equal that you can even amount. look at it. No, sometimes, it, it lived you? at the bottom of the wardrobe yeah. because I was too scared to have it on my yeah. bookshelf. Yeah. But there was one about there, like, a screaming skull in that, which I just don't know. I actually think it might have been a crystal skull as well. I think it was the crystal skull. I'm absolutely Do you remember convinced. It? I remember it, yeah. And whenever you say this, I always think it's the crystal yeah, one. Yeah, it was a crystal yeah. one that screamed mm. when it was moved. And it yeah. was, like, in, a, like, a house with, like, beams on the outside. Yeah, yeah. Can it's you remember where one. it was? Because, no. like... But I do remember it was a crystal skull, which, again, do not, do not get your crystal skulls and your screaming mm. skulls mixed up well I did obviously because well, I picked a screaming skull did, instead yeah, of a crystal skull you know so it's a rookie error but it yours. did scream though it did scream and unlike I always these felt... ones the screaming skulls see that one don't... actually did scream yeah Do but you I think can't remember where it was I which is why I think this one a screaming skull isn't that frightening in real terms I would prefer to be chased by a screaming skull than I would a screaming skeleton because really, what can the skull do? It can't grab you. It can nip at you a bit. I think it's more like the sound. Like, I have quite sensitive ears. Well, it That's actually, such a corny thing to say. You're actually thinking about the screaming. Yeah, like, you know, if I, if I hear sirens, like, if a, something yeah. like really hurt, like, I don't like it at all. Have you been to lots of gigs? Yes, yeah. I have. <laughs> I, can't, I don't like it at all. And so I think it's so you're actually more worried about the, screaming. the screaming is more than the actual I think after school. two children that really is of no concern <laughs> it's um it's I that's just probably don't, why I'm never gonna have kids I don't see what it would do really other than nip you but I kind but, of see me with a baseball bat and, and just going yeah whack, whack. <laughs> and, it and, and, and it being all right I kind of think as paranormal entities go mm. I'm far more concerned about the poltergeist activity than I am about the poltergeist really worry me. Yeah. Poltergeist activity. And they do seem to cause poltergeist activity, mm. which makes it which is an interesting thing like the spirit attachment to the skull is a trigger. Yeah. And so it's like I find poltergeists are very unpredictable. So if you think that this skull might have poltergeist activity attached to it, even not moving the skull could cause the poltergeist because poltergeists will just do whatever they want. <laughs> <laughs> they don't play by the rules. <laughs> they don't play by the rules. No. They do what they want when they want. And yeah, they might have the skull as an excuse. But irritating, but... they do it late at night as well when you're really tired, don't yeah. they? And sometimes they're just kind of mischievous. Yeah, they're not and sometimes they're like... like proper Satan mongers, aren't they? Yeah, I think it depends on. I don't know, poltergeists are a very interesting topic. They are. You see, I would not want to spend time in a house mm. if I thought of poltergeist. You probably would, wouldn't you? Well... I don't like them. I I think it depends on the sort of, like, poltergeist, really. If it's one that's just a bit kind of, like, going to move your glasses... Oh, <laughs> just going to remove your glasses. <laughs> I don't think I'm going to call you in with that. Occasionally it just nudges books. <laughs> But I, I don't know. I find the idea of the scream more scary than the skull because yeah. I don't find skulls scary in any way. No, I love as them. As we know, no, yeah, we both I really do, yeah. like skulls. Um, 
It's quite interesting. I found that there's a quite contemporaneous uh, skull, mm. which is, I imagine you can still see it. I did look it up. Is it Ripley's Believe It or Not in Blackpool? And there is a skull there. And it's haunted by, um, or there's a, there's a ghost that appears in the cellar area there that's believed to be attached to a skull which had been loaned to the auditorium. Mm. Um, the skull belonged to a local man, Mr Boardman, who claimed he bought it years ago in an Oxfam shop and believed it belonged to a 16th century girl who'd been buried on the site of the Foxhall Hotel. So since it had come into the auditorium... Um, and he gave it to them because he felt his house had been possessed by I'm sorry, I'm caught, but ghosts. he bought it in an Oxfam shop. I know, well, I don't know you. <laughs> you. don't find that kind of thing, do you? Um, so his grandmother had begged him to get rid of it. Two days later, she was involved in a car accident that killed her. During the time the skull was on loan to Ripley, so maybe it isn't anymore, mm. it went missing. And Mr. Boardman warned that if anyone tried to sell or destroy it, they might as well, they might well suffer similar fates. Mm-hmm. It was found some weeks later, a bit. This is again a bit Strumpshaw goat. It abandoned in a side street mm. after years of living in fear of the haunted skull and tiring of accusations that he was somehow involved in witchcraft. Mr. Boardman decided to rid himself of it for once and all and put it in the safekeeping of a local priest, Father Hughes. Two weeks later, Mr. Boardman was found dead, having died in his sleep. Mm-hmm. Although he might have been old, to be fair, mm-hmm. not he? But yeah, so I mean, that was in the I think that was in the nineties. Okay. So this is still these these haunted skulls. They do still come up. Well, they do still come up, and of course the goat is in kind of up until the seventies, wasn't yeah, it? Eighties, yeah. So it's still something that's believed. Apparently, there are ten still on display. Although you will have to go through. I think we should like David when we Karp's can start. Gazette. Um, travelling travelling we should try and tick them all off it would be amazing wouldn't it to do a map of of skulls that we have seen (laughs) but yeah I think I think they are kind of they are linked to the supernatural skulls Mm. just the image yeah just that well it's just they're so like I mean even death is meant to have like a a skull's face so I think it's that kind of they're they're always going to be entwined with hauntings and paranormal and the supernatural because death itself is that yeah image. and and as we've said we've kind of touched on it but this this obsession with heads and protection and i suppose that must come solely from the fact that they can see mm. you know because and I suppose they can see, and also the head is the powerhouse of the body, isn't it? Yeah. Everything, everything about anybody is is, is 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 contained in the head, isn't mm. it? Every single part of you is ruled by your head. Yeah. And so you can see why they were seen as so incredibly... I guess as well, I can see how potent. they would have protection elements of protection spirits because I like you said everything is associated with the head and like kept in the head so you could almost see like the soul is in the head yeah and if that soul can't move on then it would be connected to its head yeah and so having heads on display it you know outside houses and inside houses is a way of keeping that soul and that spirit Mm, it's Mm. it's fascinating isn't it I think I think that Obviously, there's something in this. Mm. And we do have another Heads episode 
where mm. we'll look more deeply into some of the things which I know Stacia is very yeah, excited I'm very about. Excited about it. I do love a head. All our episodes aren't about heads. They're so. not all about heads. Some of them are about hands and yeah, all sorts of interesting shoulders, body parts. knees, and toes. <laughs> I don't know. We've got the whole song. <laughs> But so on this note, we've talked about this on a Weird Norfolk podcast before, but completely bizarrely, mm. you had said to me a few months ago that you would that you were thinking about your own death, as yeah. we do continually, particularly at the moment, <laughs> yeah. and you had said that you wanted to have your head severed, and yeah. we wondered whether there was any uh, funeral director that would make that happen. Yeah, which we haven't found that out We yet. haven't found that out yet. But, I'm but quite, this was, I was before this. Re- yeah, this was before this. And uh, I found that quite reassuring. What, that, that someone else felt a ghost activity? No, that I wasn't the only person who like might have wanted that to no. happen. No, no, I suppose not. But I think you're going to have to make... You see, your initial plan to me was when I said to you, what do you want done with your head? You went, oh, I don't know. Anyone can have it who wants it. I don't think... I think you're going to have to have some intent because... Quite clearly, yeah. that is not the case. So you need to say, I would like my head at, and then list and then the place. If, and if you move it, I'm yeah, going to come back and... you are in for it. So, okay, I'll choose a place that I'd like it. Yeah, you need to say, I mean, be reasonable here. Mm. Do you know what I mean? Don't leave us with your head and then say that you want it in Disneyland or something. <gasps> It could go in, oh, like, the Haunted Mansion God. thing. Uh, yeah. I think there is. Oh, no, that's on the um, the Pirates of the Caribbean. There was a real skull. Was that? Yeah. Oh, my God. Okay, well... Like, in the original one in, in Disneyland a in real California, skull. they used... Part of, like, the display, they used a real skull. Did they? On which note, I've looked into um, how much real skulls are. So you can own a skull in the UK, if you'd like to, um, but only if you have it for private use yeah so i don't know if you still need a license you probably you need to buy it from somebody who is licensed yeah because i remember we spoke to the guy in that antique shop and he yeah. said you have to have like the paperwork yeah to say where it because came otherwise from. you could just go around like the old grave diggers yeah. and kill people and all, whatever so um i looked on a website and actually i mean how much would you say how much would you pay for a, for a human skull i don't know 400 quid Really? You're quite tight, aren't you? Yeah, I thought there'd be loads, but it's someone's head. Someone's head. It's going to be more than that, isn't it? 400 quid. God alive. Well, I wouldn't pay that much anyway, because I haven't got that much money. I've got a plastic skull from Wilco for £1.50. I've got a money bank plastic skull, haven't I? We've used it so many times in pictures. Um, Okay, well, I'm disappointed, because I thought this was a bargain, and... um, and now you're going to blow that out of the water. So a real human skull with, um, this is a nice one, it's it's with deformities, with facial oh, okay. deformities. Would you pay more for them? Yeah. Okay, how much more would you pay? Uh... Oh, God. Okay, well... <laughs> Whatever I, put... I say, it's going to disappoint it is gonna you. It's going to disappoint me, yeah, frankly. Um, it's £675. <laughs> I think that's reasonable. I think that's reasonable. You know, think of the joy you'd get out of it mm. and do that daily. And I think that's a bargain. And if you'd like, if you if your budget is less and yours, you Obviously say, is. <laughs> so I can offer you a section of pickled brain. Oh. How much would you like to pay for that? Mm, £150. Pounds. For God's sake. 295 You're going to have to set your sights higher. Can you actually buy, like, pickled... You can. Yeah. I remember Zach Bagans had um, some pickled brain of a serial killer. He Did held he? it on his TV show, yeah. Oh, no, I, I can't remember that. who it was, though. 
You could have a jawbone for about 125 quid. Yeah, I'll take that. And you can have a cranium for about 150. <laughs> right, well, so screaming skulls, we have learnt today. Yeah, we have Don't learnt. really scream, which is a bit, I can't lie, a little I know. bit I'm upsetting. Sorry. We think they're probably, do we think they, they are a thing? Do you think they exist? Oh dear. Mm. It's a no. I think skulls exist. <laughs> I think your head proves that fact. But I don't... Yeah, maybe. I don't know. I need to... Think about it. Yeah. I think I think they do. I think that there is truth in this, I think. Uh, maybe there's truth in one of them. Out of the 32. Mm. Okay. But you're not going to say which one? No. Okay. Mystery. Nice. I think some houses have skulls and have ghosts. Mm. I would very much if if you're interested in screaming skulls heads head cults severed head cults please google David Clark's thesis which I is will. incredibly long incredibly detailed it's the kind of thing that if I could be, if I had enough paper to print out I would because that is our kind of bedtime reading he mm. has done this in such forensic detail it's amazing mm. there is not a severed head in the land <laughs> That man has not looked at in some way. Mm. He's our kind of chap. I'll look it. Look yeah, it it's really good. Fascinating stuff. I think um, I think it's something that leads to so many... We said this when we met so many different avenues yeah. that you can go off here. And well, also, actually, even not relating to skulls, in this story, the site where, the, where Anne was attacked... Happened. Um, the Holy Well really interesting mm. so we'll be doing a story about that this is the story of our lives basically mm. isn't it you go for one ghost you find 50 more mm. or a standing stone yeah or a holy well or a holy well <laughs> <laughs> remember though if you're going to a holy well try and drink the water out of a skull yes it makes it better <laughs> From true crime to football, Brexit to folklore. For more great podcasts from Archant, head to audioboom.com slash channel slash Archant.